With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Hail cheaters and welcome to the Always Cheating Fantasy Premier League Podcast. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? Josh, I feel like I'm better than you were uh, Friday after that mm-hmm. Leicester Southampton game. Vintage, <laughs> yeah. vintage Josh meltdown. Uh, Leicesterless FPL yep. team. How are yep. you feeling now uh, after after that? Real real meltdown moment. Um, it was interesting. You know, there was someone who DM'd us on Friday night uh, as I was furiously just like snarking away on Twitter, and he was like, he, he was basically like, "You gotta like chill out, dude." Like it's like like you're so negative, and I was like, it, like it was like a real like, like you know, it was like a moment where I was like, "Oh yeah, I kind of am," you know, and I was like, "I don't I don't need to be like this," uh, and so I actually deleted Twitter from my phone. Uh, I was like, "I just don't I don't want to have it. I don't want to look at it. I don't want to be tempted." And uh, it was funny how many times over the next couple of days I was tempted to go online and tweet out some snark, you know, <laughs> just about, like a about real whatever. snark addict, like a real snark addict. And I was like, but I'm actually feeling pretty good now. And so like everyone talks about it. It's so, it's so cliche, but like breaking that social media addiction, even for like two days is such a healthy thing to do. Like it's, yeah. it, you know, it's so useful. And like, I was just watching matches and I wasn't like, compelled to like jump on and like you know talk about them or like get my words out about them uh and so you know and the thing was i mean so friday night was uh insane i mean that match that ceased to be a match once that red card took place now maybe that says more about southampton and the fact that they basically gave up right i mean i can't imagine being a southampton fan after that game uh you'd want to fire everybody right yeah it does point to maybe the rot is is beyond 
control at Southampton. Yeah. They've been yeah. they've been on a downward trajectory for a couple of seasons now, and you see an abject performance like that, it's just kind of like screw this, uh, let's go home. It's <laughs> yeah. it's worrying. It, it certainly tells us a lot about Southampton as it did put yeah. basically put all these Leicester attackers in the spotlight. Yeah, and I just find it so hard to really properly evaluate Leicester assets still in in fantasy because you know the they have these two matches the uh the newcastle match a couple of weeks ago they won five nil after an early red card and then this southampton match they won nine nil um and brendan rogers must really hate southampton i mean i don't know if <laughs> you know if it's personal um i don't know if he doesn't like hoisenhoodl i mean but to keep to keep all of their best players on um you know through the bitter end was uh was was you know, it was really piling on. And, um, so yeah, it was, it's it a, was just, yeah, it was a weird one, you know, but like what, what does that match look like in a normal, I think, I still think they win, but maybe they win four nil instead of nine nil, you know, it's so, um, freakish, I think was the, is the best way to describe <laughs> it. <laughs> right. So uh, of course this is the tale of game week 10. I was on Jamie Vardy on Friday night feeling great. And you, had no Leicester assets, defensive or offensive, feeling very poorly. Right. Come the end of game week 10, we <laughs> are, our total game week points are separated by just one. So it's like mm-hmm. uh, as one goes up, the other goes down and vice versa. And I, I kind of knew after um, Aguero didn't start Saturday morning that I was basically going to break even on the game week, even after right. an insane Vardy performance. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it's, it's sort of. It was like I got the worst out of the way with that one, and and then actually, you know, in the end, I got a I got a uh, a Lester player into my squad because uh, Ryan Fredericks kind of uh, pretty surprisingly, I think, uh, did not earn the start uh, at home to Sheffield United, uh, and so Sonyoku actually came off the bench uh, for me. So as you said, we were separated by uh, by one point in the game week. That is a. Kevin De Bruyne, a goal that was chalked off was the difference between our uh, between our game week <laughs> scores. Um, mm-hmm. I still have not seen an angle where you can actually see David Silva. I don't know why it feels like it's less controversial than the um, than the, like the famous Kane goal that wasn't uh, a mm-hmm. year or two ago. But I mean, I still I, I don't know. It's like the human eye can't see it, but somehow. I guess like the like you could hear a sound that maybe sounded like a boot touching a football or something. So that <laughs> I don't was, think I don't a, think it's very as forensic uh, as scientific as that. I think that De Bruyne and Silva just went into the locker room after the match, mm-hmm. and uh, KDB said, "Give me the paperwork," and he just signed <laughs> the goal over into David wow. Silva's possession. Is that right? Just, wow, maybe yeah, basically just Silva, like buying a car. Right, Silva gave him twenty thousand dollars or something like that. He was like, "This uh-huh, is my goal yeah. now." And he was like, "Fine, deal." Uh, so yeah, I'm, it's a it's a semester of college uh, that, that you. Paid I want to I want a picture of them in the locker room with uh, De Bruyne and Silva shaking hands while them while De Bruyne <laughs> passing this piece of paperwork over. to I was Silva. thinking like a, an oversized check, you know, mm-hmm. with uh, twenty thousand dollars, and it says scored <laughs> match bonus. winner in game week ten to ten. Yes, it was a it was a, it was an odd one, and so I think this is. As you said, ended up pretty close on points. I will say, I mean, okay, so the you have a nine nil to start off the game week. That's a pretty wild result. I say freak. I mean, like, obviously, congrats to all the people who have luster players. I mean, I'm not like, a, it was like, it was, it was, it was all good. Like, there's nothing like weird about having luster assets, and um, they were expected to do well in that match. And so, I'm not trying to like 
cast Spurs, but nine nil is always kind of a freak scoreline, right? It's not like that's a thing that you would expect. I can't um, quibble with that now to happen, you know, all that often. Um, but I think actually in the end, end up in terms of like sort of game week scores, it felt like a pretty normal game week in some ways. I yeah. felt like, you know, around 50 points, uh, give or take, you know, and, um, you know, some people were in the thirties and forties some people were in the seventies and eighties. Um, but you know, you were on, what, what did you finish on 59? I finished on 58. Yep. That feels like, that's like, this like feels like what a game week should look like, you know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> couple it, blanks, it, couple it, goals. Exactly. It does feel like a, a proper game week and that I actually got points from multiple players. It wasn't like <laughs> right. what I've seen in, in the yeah. last month of one player carrying my team or maybe just no attacking returns, but a bunch of clean sheets. It feels mm-hmm. very par for the course for this season because all of my points came from attacking returns and none from defensive assets. I mean, another high five for Matt Ryan for somehow getting points for just walking on the pitch like what a what a legend i know i kept waiting for that sixth save i was like he like i think he got his last save in like the 55th minute or something like that and i was just waiting for that one of that one last save yeah yeah well wait didn't he didn't he get it i think he He ended up on five so yeah that's right five saves so he ended up it was they conceded two goals so he was on one plus one, only one point for the saves I, and then two I bonus I, points. Yeah, I think I was fooled because he ended up getting, he was on one bonus for a long time and then got up to two. And I just must have lodged in my brain. I assumed he got that sixth save. Yeah. yeah the, so, rare, <laughs> the rare two bonus points from a keeper and a 3-2 win, uh, which, you know, you don't see that often. So, yeah, for me, it was uh, the week was defined by the high of Vardy's hat trick, 20 point haul and the low of my captaining Aguero and his one point cameo. The Mm -hmm. theme of this episode is we need to talk about Aguero or we need to talk about so and so. Mm -hmm. So we'll come back to Aguero and talk about uh, what if any if anyone owns Aguero, what we need to do with him. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the the Chelsea match was a fun one to watch, both because we're Americans and we love to cheer on our one Christian Pulisic. And <laughs> yep, he looked yep. he looked great. But um, it was one of those where if you're a mountain Ab- Abraham owner, as many are, you're just like, I'll take those assists. That's fine. Um, it felt like a just like a casual uh, viewing experience. It was like a pure watch in which I had two big <laughs> FPL assets involved. You know yeah. what I mean? I, I do. I mean, I, I kind of felt the same way. I, someone actually posted that I think the the number of managers who have both Tammy and uh, Mason Mount is only like twenty five percent. So you know, when they both return, I mean, it's still better than you. You know, better than seventy five percent of the other, the other managers out there. Um, but it did kind of feel like it felt like kind of was like, well, we all have these guys. Yeah. Uh, you know. But uh, yeah, I felt the same way. It was it was a fun. Um, that was kind of a fun match. I I was kind of shocked. I mean, there was a moment where they scored two goals in the second half, like kind of rapid succession and i was like wow they're winning four nil at burnley you know like that is just not a place where i where i expect to see a team of four nil 55 minutes into a match i don't care who they are even man city i'd be surprised if they're up that much you know so um yeah they're chelsea are playing really well right now um and yeah it's really interesting i mean i don't know what um you know i guess we can save this for in a few minutes but um you know the whole thing with pulisic now and uh, Hudson Adoy and whether they played together, whether they're competing for obviously Hudson Adoy came on and Pulisic stayed on. Um, and so maybe you do Pulisic 
Hudson Adoy and Mason Mount. And then William is like on the bench, but yeah, I don't know. It's like, it's really, it feels like there's four players for three slots right now. So it's yeah, kind of yeah. uh, interesting. That is the problem. So, uh, yeah, I banked my transfer. You banked your transfer as well this yeah. week. So we're both with two free transfers heading into game week 10 and, uh, yeah, Saturday was great because I actually did get into the top 400K. That was my game week 10 target. So mm-hmm. I was there briefly, yep. <laughs> um, but not owning Mo Salah or um, any well any Liverpool assets outside of uh, Virgil van, van Dijk. Dijk. Yeah. Losing that clean sheet, you know, a minute yeah. into the game. <laughs> yeah, so that dropped me down to around the 550K. But it's my fifth green arrow in a row. So uh, I'm feeling great. really good coming out of game week 10. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that you should. I mean, you know, we when we had that, you know, when we talked before about about setting goals and how you can turn things around. I mean, you know, I, in hindsight, I mean, you were at your 2.5 million overall rank in game week five. Uh, and now it's game week 10 and you're at, you know, 500, 500,000. Right. So you've you've leapfrogged over two million teams in just five yeah. game weeks. So clearly. Yeah. You know, and you and I were looking at our, you know, you and I are actually separated by three points right now. Um, you have three points more than me. You're at 554 um, and I'm at 630, right? So um, three points right now is the difference between 550 and six. It's 80,000 jump uh, just for yeah. that, you know, that many points. So uh, if you're, if you're really down right now and feeling like, oh my God, I'm in the millions or I'm uh, 800,000, whatever, you know, I mean, the distance between where you want to be and where you are is not nearly as great as you might think it is. Um, and you're really still one big game week away from making a massive leap. Um, so, you know, I think that's definitely something to keep in mind. Anything you want to highlight in your uh, game week 10 score, your, your lineup or anything like that? Um, not really. Uh, I, I was glad I got the goal from Salah. Uh, That was getting kind of frustrating. Um, and I actually thought he played a pretty good game. Um, you and I were talking about this, uh, you know, before we first started recording, uh, you know, the ankle thing, but, uh, we just reread, uh, Klopp's comments before we went, went live at the pod and it was actually pretty encouraging. He's basically like, he, there was no need to risk him. We had other players we could bring on. It's just going to be a little bit of a kind of a niggling thing for a little while longer, but we're not worried about it. And so, uh, unless he's just making that up, it sounded pretty encouraging to me. And so, um, so I feel, I feel good about that. Uh, I think, you know, cause I actually thought he was really aggressive in this match, which was what I was, I wanted to see. I feel like I hadn't seen that version of him in a while where he was just yeah. shooting and shooting and shooting. I mean, they weren't great shots and they were getting, you know, Gazinga basically like piled up the saves on, uh, you know, just on G- like, just, just, yeah. Gazaniga. Just, just catching Gazaniga. What did I say? Gazinga? Like, like you've Gazinga? You've been watching too, from, uh, too much Big Bang Theory, Jeff. <laughs> Big Bang Theory. Oh, whatever. Um, <laughs> sorry. Sorry, Gazaniga, if you're listening. Uh, but uh, it was it was good to see him play so aggressively. I mean, it's ironic that there was a penalty in the end that that he got his points from. But um, yeah. I went, I walked out of that thinking, okay, good. Like, this feels like the Sawa that I remember. Um, and so, so that was good. I mean, everything else is kind of normal. I mean, um, you know, I got... I got a lot of 50-50s wrong this week. Um, what kind of story of my season so far? Um, I was really like flipping a coin between Sterling and De Bruyne. I ended up going with De Bruyne. So that that cost me five points. I mean, I don't I the goal being chalked off for Silva, like whatever. I'm I'm over it. Uh and then Lundstrom and Sonyoko went back and forth on. I, I lucked into Sonyoka's points off the bench. Uh, but I was a little frustrated in, just in that case too. It was like another 50-50. And so um it feels it feels like a season that's still a little um 
uh, it's still hard to get a read on a little bit, mm-hmm. you know? Um, yeah. but again, as we talked about earlier, it feels like maybe things are a little more normal now. Like this was a game week where the teams that you thought would do well, did well by and large, yeah. you know, if that, if that makes sense. I totally agree. I think that we're starting, things are settling. I feel, I'm feeling more comfortable. Maybe it's because I'm on my fifth green arrow in a row, small as they might be. I do just feel sure. like, you know, we're, we're zeroing in on some logic, which is helpful. We'll, we'll, so as I said, we're going to talk a lot about some um, big players and talking points in our main section that might speak to us having more a more confident read on the game. You were talking about, uh, let's just go all in on um, discussing the eye test in this episode, Josh. So I think um, it'll be fun just to talk about what we've seen over the last uh, couple of game weeks in watching these games. Let's talk about housekeeping real quick before we get into that, though. A quick shout out to Matt and Brent, who were repping the Always Cheating Pod this weekend at the NBC Fan Fest in Austin, Texas. Uh, Mm -hmm. Sent us a great picture of uh, two cheaters meeting in Austin and repping our pod artwork there at the Fan Fest, which was cool to see. And then the uh, Always Cheating Super League just updated right before we went on, on air. Of course, it always updates just at the last possible minute. Give us the top 10, Josh. All right, let's do it. In 10th place, it's Mark Bibas. 9th place, Bradley Perry. 8th place, Andre Dubravislav. In 7th place is Respect Wadinho. Uh, Tied for 5th is David McKenzie and Melanie Stevens. Uh, In 4th place is Robert Wilde. In 3rd is Amajik Ahmed Salim. And 2nd place is Owen Hogan. And in 1st place is Declan Ryan. Wesley Crushers, Brandon. That's a good mm, name. Great name. That's a little uh, little Star Trek reference for you. Yeah, Declan is you. is a. Uh, yeah. re- Go on. You're going to make your next generation joke. Oh. Well, it's just it's a, it's clearly a TNG reference. My wife is a big TNG fan. fan. I, I I I'm okay with it. I like Patrick Stewart. You know, <laughs> you'll allow it. You'll allow. We'll also allow Declan's overall rank of 26 in the world, which is an amazing rank. We also got a, a message from. Chris from Denmark, who says about the always cheating Super League, always cheating is bigger than Denmark, Chris says. I'm currently ranked 6,000 in the Super League, but 4,000 in Denmark. So, wow, there you go. That's, that's, that's amazing. Always cheating uh, should have a government by this uh, message, I think. I think we should put that on a T-shirt. Maybe we'll do that for our patrons because Brandon – we have a Patreon page. Like so many people out there these days, we have a Patreon page. Uh, we have more than 500 patrons, many new patrons just this week. Uh, and uh, we do an extra podcast each week for our patrons. We also have a very active Slack full of people who seem to actually genuinely be friends with each other, which is uh, which is pretty cool. Uh, and in fact, we saw that the photo of the people at the NBC Fan Fest was posted on our Slack. Uh, so if you'd like to support the podcast or just be part of the Always Cheating community, uh, maybe like me, you got a little burned out on the social media and you want to just be around people who are not going to snark on you uh, or just snark in general. Uh-huh. Uh, if you want to break from people like me, basically, <laughs> uh, go, uh-huh. <laughs> go to uh, patreon.com slash always cheating uh, to support the podcast and uh, the work we do to get two of these on a week um, or at least even just one. If you, you don't have to actually listen to this extra podcast, Brian, <laughs> you could just, you could just fork over your hard earned cash to support the podcast and we will say thank you. Uh, in person or uh i don't know via email come on uh, down with a to t-shirt. the t-shirt and say hello. yeah come on down to the black horse and say hi yeah big thank you to our new patrons this week uh lucas pichen 
uh, hope I'm saying that right. Also, Robert Musawir and Travis Colwell. Uh, Big thanks. Yeah, the website is patreon.com slash always cheating. We're going to take a break now and come back for our special topic. We need to talk about so-and-so. Brandon, we're back. This week's topic, we need to talk about so-and-so. We need to talk about Kevin De Bruyne. We need to talk about Sergio Kuhn Aguero uh, and so on. So let's uh, get a couple questions in, Brandon. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, we need to talk about everyone in Manchester City. Uh, FPL Crate Digger says we need to talk about Kuhn. Uh, FPL Seven Minutes at a Time says, can we assume I feel like people should put their names in parentheses or something, you know? It's like, if you're calling all these people FPL, it's like, who, who am I talking to? That one is uh, really elaborate, too. FPL, seven minutes of added time. I mean, that's uh, yeah, that's very so specific. Tricky. That's it's an incredible muscle. amount of added time, I have to say. <laughs> it's a lot of it. Yeah, there were six, I think, in the uh, Norwich game, which I was a little surprised by. Uh, so he says, can we assume KDB is the only safe city asset to own and just get rid of, just rid of ourselves with a weekly headache? Uh, guessing whether Guerrero or Sterling will start. Uh, an FPL button says, City with a clean sheet this game week and a high chance of another next game week. Is it worth buying into their defense with the difficult fixtures coming up and the big rotation risk? I feel like that's a classic question that answers itself. Yeah, you know, right. The Ouroboros uh... style there. <laughs> uh, so, all right. We talked a little bit. You mentioned this earlier, but I think um, one thing, there's like the – the eye test, you know, much maligned, I understand, or can be maligned sometimes. Some people, some people believe in, some people don't. Uh, sort of Most people that don't believe in the eye test, though, simply don't have eyes. And I'm very sorry <laughs> if you were born without <laughs> eyes. And it's really, yeah. you know, it's it's a rare thing. But uh, El- elderly people, Brandon, we have a lot yeah. of elderly listeners. Yeah, if you have to squint uh, while watching the television. Yeah, exactly. Maybe you listen on the radio. I know. Doesn't um, Joe uh, from uh, Fantasy Scout? I think he listens to a lot of matches on the radio. He mentioned this. Yeah, uh, but to me, you know, uh, you, you hear Joe talking about the ear test a lot, and um, I subscribe to the <laughs> ear test as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's fair. They're kind of they're kind of linked, aren't they? All right. So anyway, uh, Man City. I test. Uh, let's start off with Jesus and Aguero. Take them together. Yeah. Uh, what do you think? I mean, can you have either one? I mean, obviously we're going to do this with kind of a fantasy, yeah. uh, you know, fan- within a fantasy framework. So can you have either one in fantasy right now? Two seasons ago, we were in the same situation and the firm answer was you can't have either one because they will rotate. And when we saw this as soon as Jesus arrived at the Etihad. And I think we all got really spoiled on Kuhn last season because Jesus had his injuries. And, you know, even when he did come back from injury, the form was very spotty and he just couldn't be played. Mm -hmm. We got, we got it in our head that Kuhn was the man. He, he would at least at home supersede any idea that Pep would play Jesus. And now I think where we are is we're finally back to where we were two seasons ago where you can't have either one of these guys because the rotation is real. I mean, is yeah. I would you would you believe that Jesus now will just play in every single uh, every single match, and Kuhn will just come off I, the bench? What's What's weird is I don't even get it. Like, doesn't Sergio Aguero just seem like a comprehensively better football player? Like, yeah. in okay, every so let's way? talk about yeah. Let's talk about the ear test. So. When I was listening to this, uh, this that's the name of this podcast, by the way, Brandon. Now, now, now it's <laughs> we have to call this podcast the, the Ear Test. Yeah. So when I was watching the um, the City Villa game, I I 
I don't know if it was because I was an aggrieved Kuhn owner, but I was like, Jesus is not playing the ball as well as Kuhn would. He is not taking up the positions as good as Aguero would. It just didn't feel like the best solution. So what my eyes are telling me is that Aguero should still get the opportunities. I feel like Aguero is an artist and Jesus is a battering ram. And it's like it's like sometimes you want one or the other, I guess, you know, in, in your in your forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it always feels like Man City just flows a little better when they've got uh, Aguero out there on the pitch. And Jesus, um, I don't know, maybe, you know, and again, you never know what your bias is creeping here because I'm still stinging about him willfully refusing to pass to uh, Kevin De Bruyne last yeah. game week. And maybe that's still right. But like, I just, I, I don't know. I mean, Aguero has, you know, had an awesome start to the season. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just a little surprised, you know, and he had what, he had a brace uh, in midweek, you know, and that was a Tuesday game. It wasn't like a, a you know, so the, the Tuesday to Saturday turnaround is, was fast, but it wasn't uh, not that fast. It wasn't crazy. It yeah. wasn't like they traveled, you know? So that's um, my question, so, right? Yeah. Is that he, it's not like, they're managing Aguero's minutes because he's coming back from this heel problem that was mentioned a week ago. He played the full 90 um, and they brought him. You think if he's, if he has an injury that's being managed, he plays fewer minutes than that in the champions league. And maybe he gets a few more minutes or no minutes at all on the weekend. So there's just something that doesn't feel quite right about it. So the big question here is, all right, so our eye test you and I both, our eyes are telling us that Aguero is still the better player than Jesus. So this level of rotation doesn't make full sense to us. But the real question that I personally need to answer and a lot of our other listeners need to answer is, do we just need to dump Kuhn before game week 11? Is this the priority? Or is it worth having $12 million in your FPL squad for the off right. chance that he does or doesn't get rested against Southampton? Now, right. so just Man City plays Southampton twice in this upcoming week, once midweek in the EFL Cup and then again at home on the weekend. Uh, <laughs> maybe we... What a weird thing. It yeah. is so weird. I don't know that we're even going to really learn anything in the Cup match. I mean, maybe Aguero plays 90 and then, yeah, I've just got to dump him. But I, I don't know. What do you think? Help me. Tell me what to do. Yeah, uh, I think it's really tricky. Um, I guess you almost don't want Aguero to start uh, in the first Southampton match. <laughs> Pep is just a hard, I don't know. It's like, it feels very boring to just do like the Pep's going to Pep thing and just sort of move on from there. And I, I, and I think in some ways it, it's a little overrated too. I mean, it's some of his rotation is pretty, sometimes it's inexplicable. It, 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 it really is. But other times it's, I mean, like right now it does feel like they're sort of getting rotated one and the other, but I mean, Southampton just lost like 512 to nothing, you know, like two days <laughs> yeah. ago. Record break. It's very hard to drop one of the three best strikers in England before a home match against them, you know? And I think I would, okay, I guess if I was in your position, I would, uh, I would hold it, I would hold him. Uh, for one more week, and uh, but I would not captain him. I would not captain or vice captain him. Um, it feels like dropping him before that match is just. Uh, um, not, I, I guess if there was like, I mean, you know, Arsenal play Wolves at home. I mean, I guess that would be like a move you would do, right? Like, uh, 
I mean, but is that like, but I mean, also like a, you know, I was thinking like if you wanted to bring in a bombing, but um, I mean, a bombing is not in great form right now, right? I think he's got three blanks in a row. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that yeah. was my thought so, is that Aubameyang yeah. would be the replacement for Aguero and that it just doesn't, it doesn't feel like an upgrade at all at the moment. So yeah. you, you, now I'm looking at dropping Aguero for, uh, you know, big, big downshift to somebody like Jimenez, maybe. So right. I, I, I know perhaps or or even Firmino. Yeah. And that that is actually solves my I don't have any Liverpool attacking assets right now problem, uh, which is interesting. So I, I do agree with you. I think if if all signs point to a like if Aguero doesn't start or only plays 65, 70 minutes in the cup match and there is an opportunity for him to start, then I'm going to hold on to Aguero. And yeah, that's it's there is risk there, and I accept that. Uh, but if he plays the full ninety midweek, yeah, then then I think it's safe to drop him. And if you want to talk about yeah, uh, FPL seven minutes added times question about is Kevin De Bruyne the only safe city asset? I think you the uh, the question that is actually being asked here is what do you think about Raheem Sterling? Because I think Sterling is up there with De Bruyne right now as pretty nailed on to the starting 11 and would Mm -hmm. see less rotation than anyone else in that midfield, Bernardo and David Silva included. So I, there, it was a rocky patch there with Raheem Sterling for the last month, but I'm more uh, certain than ever that I'm keeping both Kevin and Raheem Sterling in my midfield. They are not going anywhere. Yeah, yeah I, I totally agree. They're not going anywhere. I think the interesting player is Ben Mendy, uh, who probably should have had an assist, if not for the phantom Silva boot on the ball thing. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, that that was a huge swing, by the way. I'm going from 12 to 6, yeah. two hours yeah. after the match. I mean, I don't even have Mendy, but wow, that must have... Uh, I know, I know Tom canceled it uh, from who got the assist podcast, and that was uh, that's a painful... That's a painful one. Um, yeah, I think... Uh, uh, I don't know. I mean, he looks really, he looks a lot better. I, I had not been really on the Mendy train at all. And uh, I felt like he finally kind of looked a little, there, there was just, I mean, if you saw Mendy like the first four weeks of last season, right? Like whatever, six weeks or whatever, before he went down with injury again, basically, he looked like the world's greatest attacking fullback. Uh-huh. Is that, is that too, is that too far to, to go? I mean, I mean, have you ever seen anybody <laughs> quite like him those first few weeks? The word hyperbole does come to mind when you say that. However, um, yeah, I mean, it's like kind of did his, for, he, you know, yeah. Well, <laughs> he, he kind of did in a, in a, in a way that like a Sherman tank looks like the best tank that ever was. It was, uh-huh. it was great tank. It, <laughs> He's one of the best, but he, there was there's not a whole lot of grace to Mendy's game. So I don't watch mm-hmm. Mendy and, uh, or listen to him with the ear test and think this is pure poetry. Um, sure. But more Jesus than Aguero. Yeah. Yes. Effective, very effective, uh, at least going forward. I mean, it's sort of a Trent Alexander Arnold sort of conundrum is, can Mendy really defend, uh, I mean, mm-hmm. he, yeah. he, he can definitely create a dynamic, attack for your team and that's what you have to really like about mendy so yeah but, it doesn't matter i guess right you know it doesn't the clean sheets don't matter anymore because they're dead 
clean sheets are dead. But do do uh, do, right, you, do we yeah. want this a Man City defender at all? Is is my bigger question? Yeah. Because that, well, actually, the bigger bigger question is: Sure, Mendy, great. I mean, uh, City's a great team, yeah. and five point nine to buy into Manchester City is decent, but. I am all about not spending any money in my defense right now. And 5.9 just seems too rich. Yeah. And given how the season is tracking. uh, Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, you said it. I I agree. Um, The the idea that I would have, because I'm not going to drop a Liverpool defender. I mean, maybe I should, uh, but I'm not planning to drop Van Dyke. Uh, well, we're going to talk about Trent in a minute, so let's 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 hold on to that. Let's let's, let's hold on to Liverpool for a moment. Um, let's move on to Jamie Vardy first, though. A uh, couple of questions here once again to get us started. Uh, FPL, FPL. Oh, wow! Let's <laughs> talk about the FPL titles. FPL underscore FPL uh, says is Vardy really a must-have? Luke Wilson says is Vardy worth a hit to get over Wilson? We'll talk more about Wilson, the truth, in a moment. Uh, I don't think people heard. I, it was a little late into the podcast when I started talking about the, the truth last week. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to re- reiterate my point. Uh, and then Danny Bean, who is having a great season, by the way, yeah, well says done, uh, Perez hat trick. Uh, Perez hat trick, a player finally, finally finding his feet at a new club, playing exciting football with beautiful fixtures ahead. Uh, or was Friday a Bernardo Silva Lamella type of explosive return, uh, when you can, which you can admire from afar, but don't want to bring in your squad because they lack consistency. It's a good comparison. Uh, I like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Can we um, take the easy question first? Yeah. yeah. Let's take the easy question first. Yeah. Perez is a toxic asset, and um, <laughs> if you if you went to a Leicester City training uh, facility and you saw Perez score three goals, you'd be like, well. Wow. Perez trains really hard, and I think that's what you witnessed against Southampton on Friday. This was a training ground game. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, it's true. I, I don't know that he's offering, you know, when he plays a team that's trying to win, maybe there's there's a little more, uh, uh, he, I don't know. It's a, it's a weird one. He has looked better, though. I mean, I, I think this is like, I mean, how many weeks now does he have attacking returns? I feel like it's... It's it's multiple weeks. Um, I, I would I just I'm pushing back on the toxic word a little bit. I know okay. you're kind of kidding, but I think I mean I, I think you know in the okay. Let's see. I'm just going to pull them up here real quick. Yeah. So two, two assists. Um, blanked in blanked in the Burnley match, but so two assists and the hat trick, which you can't completely discount. Um, so three goals and two assists in the season. Obviously, he didn't do anything the first six weeks. Um, so just looking through the last four weeks, you're at two goals and three assists. He's a player who's run hot, you know, previously he typically did it at the sort of back half of the season for, for Newcastle. Yeah. Uh, so it could be that that's happening a little sooner now. Um, but like you said, it could be just a, a fluke result too. Yeah. It just feels a little knee jerky and I would want to warn you off that, but we are in a moment where I think, uh, we're going to talk about other midfielders like John McGinn and the like, where, where we can, start moving or can't well start moving midfielders around and Perez could be a player that's worth a punt. And if it doesn't work out within two weeks, then you immediately jump off. But Jamie Vardy, let's be real about this. You don't have him. Uh, Do, do you feel how exposed do you feel not having Jamie Vardy? And do you feel so exposed that like Luke Wilson is asking, you'd want to take a minus four hit this week just to, just to get him in. You know, I, I don't know. I was thinking on Friday when uh, he was celebrating every single goal. <laughs> as they were, it was like it was like it was the closest thing to the like that Simpsons gif or like "Don't stop, he's already dead." You know, mm-hmm. like the, like like happening in real life. Um, 
Or when I, the, yeah, the U.S. The, women beat Thailand, what was it, 13 to nil in right. the opening yeah. match of the yeah. Women's World Cup? I mean, the the the, the penalty in the nation, that's just, you know, that was wild. Um, I think, uh, I wonder how much the Rebecca Barty stuff actually is affecting him and maybe making him have like a total FU attitude towards the rest of the league. And maybe uh, that's a psychological thing that I, maybe I should have thought about more. Uh, and, and like that he's the kind of player who would take that kind of humiliation and, Mm -hmm. and channel that into destroying everybody on the pitch. Um, and so, you know, I don't know. I mean, to be honest, I, it's hard to say, I mean, five of his goals this season have come in these red card games, you know? Um, I mean, the, the, when he, he got the brace, um, Versus Newcastle, he actually looked quite ineffective uh, the first half of that match. He had a yellow card. Then 42nd minute, they get the red, and he kind of dominates. And um, he wasn't really doing much the first, you know, I mean, I was obviously it was early on. But the first 40 minutes or so of that Southampton match, I, I, he didn't. He wasn't super impressive either. Um, and so I, I do think that has to at least be like a factor that we – consider when mm-hmm. when evaluating him as a fantasy prospect is that he's done you know really good things against teams that that were kind of laying down and letting lester run over them yeah. um you know i think uh the next two matches i actually or the next, i would say no they have one very easy match which is arsenal at home uh and then they have two difficult matches i think which is palace away and game week 11 and brighton away and game week 13 and i i think those could both be slightly tricky matches for Leicester. I don't think those are matches where I would necessarily expect um, a big points return uh, from, from them. Uh, and the Brighton match, I think is the same way. I think, uh, uh, I think Brighton's defense is, is pretty solid. Um, so I don't know. I mean, so yeah, I, I, is it, do fixtures matter at all anymore? I, I don't know, you know, <laughs> but uh, I th- they used to, I think that's a good read. I do. And I think it's fair to say that there are still some concerns over Leicester city's attack, which you know they weren't just they just weren't registering a, as many shots as any other teams in the league kind of a muted attack all things considered except for these red card games so uh curious to see how they and I, but i do think Leicester continues to improve as the season goes like the the rogers regime is really starting to bear fruit now and i think they'll continue to improve but yeah i think what we've predominantly seen is a somewhat muted Leicester attack and they've been flattered by these Newcastle and Southampton games. All to say, like, I am thrilled beyond belief to have Vardy in my squad. If you had a Leicester defender, sure. I'd be super thrilled. We had Sayonju or, yeah. or Chilwell or, or Pereira. Um, but, yeah, I think your warnings are are fair. Yeah, and Arsenal does seem like the next candidate to just have an insane red card uh, early on uh, yeah. versus Leicester. Yeah, Greta uh, like, definitely accommodate you there. That was like seven guys on that team who would uh, – <laughs> I, I can't believe they got away with with no red at the end of that. Did you watch the end of that Arsenal match? No, I didn't. That was wild. I, oh, you didn't? I, oh, I didn't, it, was, yeah. it was amazing. I was watching Doozy the end of the tackled. Uh, Norwich uh, – sorry, I'm talking right. over you. Yeah. That's okay. Uh, I, yeah, they both had a lot of extra time. But the uh, – yeah, Guendouzi basically tackles Will Zaha. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm just I'm, – I was very surprised he got away with the yellow there. But uh, – um, maybe, I mean, I guess it was not quite a clear goal scoring, a breakaway opportunity. I don't know. It was a, it was a strange one. So it's neither here nor there, Brandon. Um, yeah. So I think, uh, and Madison, I think is up there too. It was weird that he was so uninvolved, uh, in that match. Um, then was kind of 
gifted a free kick in a beautiful spot. That that one that one hurt. Yeah. I won't even lie to you. That one that was the one that kind of drove me off Twitter because I was like, all of Twitter was just complaining for like forty minutes uh, about how Madison didn't have anything in this game, and then he scored, and I was like, nope, I'm done. I'm I'm out of here. Like, see you in a couple of days. <laughs> like, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, so yeah, he gets the you know finishes on eight points, but he didn't do anything. Uh, you know, it's it's like it's a it's an eight points. It's very flattering. I think. Well, I think depending uh, on the match, Madison yeah. can uh, play farther up or or deeper. And in a situation like they had against Southampton, was just like so much empty space in the middle of the park, Madison could freely receive the ball and just play off the passes yeah. and initiate the attack there was no reason for him yeah. to just be arriving into the box because you know other people were just walking it into the goal so it kind of doesn't yeah. surprise me but yeah good on everyone what? who uh got that Vardy uh got that madison goal how about this is is yuri telemans the poor man's kevin de Bruyne? is that yeah. like i mean i don't know like i could see he's that kind of like he's not he's kind of in that role where he's not he's not the He's not the number 10, you know, he's not like setting everybody up, but he's, he's just like, he's such an amazing playmaker and he scores a little bit too. And I mean, I guess, I don't know. I mean, he's not like, you know, I guess he had, he had five assists and limited minutes last season. Uh, you know, so actually he had three goals and five assists in the second half of the season last year when he joined the club, uh, three goals and two assists on the season so far, but I just love to watch him play. And, um, you know, I don't know. He's, um, I mean, he's actually he's outscoring um, Madison now by four points in the season. He's 0.8 million cheaper. So uh, he doesn't play as far forward, but I think he might be um, really good value at 6.5. He could be. He could be. My eye test is I'm, I'm still sizing him up. I haven't I have not yet seen him play in a match where I'm like, yeah, the, the potential is here. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, it's, I just think he's good. Like talk about eye test. I just think he's like a. He's just a good player. Like, I, I, I don't know. I just, I'm really, uh, yeah, I mean, fantasy might be, uh, maybe he's not a great fantasy asset, but he's just, uh, um, I just like him as a player, I guess. All right, let's move on to um, Salah and Trent Alexander-Arnold. Uh, Pompey in Uganda says, what do we do with Salah? Uh, that Joe guy says, can we talk about uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold, underlying stats in general? Uh, he's expensive in Liverpool, can't keep a clean sheet, but he's created an insane amount of chances, and I feel like it's all going to click soon. Um Yes. I'm going to take the second question first. The Trent thing is, I I don't know about you. I feel like I am just dodging <laughs> bullets mm-hmm. left and right, not having him on my team. Mm-hmm. I mean, this guy, it feels like he should be getting double-digit attacking returns in every match. Yep. He's he's on like every free kick. He's on corners. He's th- putting these Kevin De Bruyne-level balls in the box. Mm-hmm. I mean, how is he not getting more points? Uh, yeah, I, it's a very good question. He looks fantastic. He looks so good. It's really the lack of clean sheets that is, that is diminishing the, the priority level for me. I now have exact money to move Virgil van Dyke to Trent Alexander Arnold. And I think some people would say, well, what are you waiting for? Um, yeah, but Liverpool, they just cannot keep a clean sheet and, that's okay. I mean, they play Man City and right, game week 12. yeah. There's that looming match in game week twelve, so I'm just kind of trying to put it off until then as long as I can, and I'm hoping that their prices don't fluctuate between now and then. Um, but yeah, you know this this kind of runs counter to what I was saying earlier, is in that my big priority is moving money out of my defense as quickly as possible because I don't think anyone over four point eight is looking like they're worth worth what you pay for them 
except for Trent Alexander-Arnold. Now, you know, you could, I guess you could group Robertson in there um, and maybe, I mean, where do you stand there? The, the question of, well, I, I'm point two shy of Trent, so I'm just going to go for Robertson. Um, and I don't think I mean, that's so significant. Like, I feel like it is pretty significant. I mean, I, I, I know that they're like tied on points right now, but I mean, to me, it's a, it's a fluky thing. Um, you know, I just think that uh, I think Trent Alexander was the absolute premier fantasy asset. He's the, you know, he's the one that, I, yeah, I, 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 like every game week, I sort of try to figure out if I can do it, and I just have too many other, mm-hmm. you know, issues. Um, but you know, I think uh, you know one one interesting test is just, um, I mean, you just like see how many like bonus points he's racking up in every match. You know, I mean, he hasn't really because they haven't been keeping clean sheets. He hasn't been, uh, you know, getting bonus points. But even just as you track these, his, his BPS exactly, he's just, uh, you know, he's. I feel like he's right. Like he's he's just doing really. It, it's not like. You know, a couple of years ago with Dusan Tadic, there was this feeling like, well, Tadic is uh, underlying stats king, but it's not really like the pit, like like you're not seeing it on the pitch, you know. And the and I think I think the issue there was really just that he didn't have people who were good enough around him, right? I mean, once he went to Ajax, they like he was like a huge part of an awesome team, mm-hmm. you know. And so clearly, it was just kind of a it was more of a Southampton thing than a Tadic thing. Uh, but I think with Trent, I just think it's kind of unlucky right now that he doesn't have more. Yeah. I, I don't know how you could watch him play week in and week out and not think that he's an amazing asset, you know, an amazing fantasy asset. And uh, when you've you know, got a world class player, a world class striker in Mo Salah and every single free kick in the danger zone, Trent is pushing him off the ball and saying, I'll have that. I mean, obviously, he yep. saw us willingly giving Trent that free kick because he's yeah, really they, good. Yeah, they at play them. together. Yeah, 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 yeah. But my my point is is Trent is surrounded by world class attacking players, and he's still the first choice to take a lot of these direct set pieces, and that kind of tells me everything that I need to know about him. So, I yeah, we're obviously both on the same page with Trent, and um, yeah, he he is the one premium defender that we're really vouching for. So then there is the matter of Salah, where um, everyone's like, do I need him? Do I not need him? But he's kind of still steadily ticking along. I mean, I think if Salah mm-hmm. blanks against Spurs, if he doesn't have that penalty, then maybe it's a slightly different conversation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it'd be, it would definitely be trickier. Uh, and then Aston Villa match will not be easy. I, I, I don't think they're going to be, you know, shut out or anything like that. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, I, we talked about this earlier on the pod. So, I mean, I, I guess I, I'm, I'm sticking with Salah. Uh, I still rate him really highly. I was, you know, I mean, we're seeing it every week in the, uh, you know, every three weeks in the champions league. I mean, this guy is like scoring for fun in that. And, uh, I just think it's a little, um, I just, I mean, his XG is off the charts too. It's been, it's been great the last few game weeks. And so it's, you know, I just think that it's kind of, I, I, you know, I, a little unlucky with him. And, um, you know, I think that, I think that he's going to come good. And I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, again, like we're talking about the eye test here. I just, I watched that match and I felt like Sala was shooting all the time. He was on the ball. He was really aggressive. He was calling for the ball. Um, and, uh, yeah, and Spurs, I mean, the Spurs are a reasonably solid defense. I mean, that that's probably a one, one match. If, uh, 
if they don't concede that that penalty late in the match, you know. So, Serge Aurier continues know. to be one of the most ridiculous uh, professional footballers in the world. <laughs> it's just like what a yeah, what a strange yeah. sequence that led to that penalty, but uh, yeah. to like successfully tackle and then untackle and then concede a penalty. Very very strange. Yeah. That's, that's I funny. don't know. Christian like, Erickson, man, like what, what, uh, just on a side note, like that is like a sad thing. Erickson, right? I mean, he's just like playing out the string, isn't he? Like it's, he's not even a factor anymore. He's just a, he's just a, a, I don't even know why they play him. Like he's just, I don't know. It's like, I don't know. I'd be, I'd be so frustrated as a Spurs fan right now. With I don't think team. it's sad. But, uh, if, yeah. if I worked in an office and someone who, uh, one of my peers just kind of like stopped doing their work on time and it was kind of shoddy. And I knew that they Mm -hmm. could actually go get a job at another office across town. I'd be like, get out of here. I don't want to see it. I guess that's true. In this, in this case, it's really that, uh, it'd be more like if you were the guy and your boss walked up to you and said, you can't leave. You want, you want to leave? (laughs) You want to go to their job? No, you can't leave. Sorry. And you're like, but I don't want, I want to be here anymore. And they're like, Sorry, bud. Yeah. You can't. You yeah. can't leave your job. You can't. Uh, you can't. You know, yeah, yeah. I'm the. I'm the one who signs your uh, million dollar checks. Um, and I'm That's true. Tell yeah, you can't feel. You can't feel too bad for him. He's he's making a ton of money. He's making more in a week than I probably make all year. You know. So uh, let's let's keep that in. Let's you know. But still, it's got to be. It, it is. You know. It's, it's weird that he. Um, that he's still that he's still there. So yeah. anyway, we're getting far away from fantasy. Let's move on to Callum the Truth Wilson. Brandon got a lot of flack about the truth and how whether <laughs> the truth is a lie. FPL Awesome calls him Callum the Troll Wilson. Oh no. Uh, Dave Genfer says, How many blanks do you need before you change a nickname? Brandon, I'll I'll repeat what I said last. Actually, why don't you do it? Okay. Explain explain what the truth means as a nickname. The truth is something that uh, you can't handle and that you can handle at the same time. And I think that, that that's what Callum offers you. He offers you yeah, yeah the truth. It's kind of like, look, He's not the, it's kinda yeah. like looking into the it, face of God. Like you kind of can't do it or you'll die, but you want to do it. Brennan, I had, I had every opportunity to call him Callum the Greatest Wilson or uh, Callum the Legend Wilson. But no, he's the truth. Okay, and the truth is that Bournemouth really suck right now. (laughs) They are dreadful. They used to be one of the most fun teams. I would have told you, and in fact, I may have said this on the podcast before, if somebody just walked up to me and said, hey, um, I want, you know, I want to watch a match this weekend. Um, I don't like, well, just give me a match to watch. Um, I would often point them towards a Bournemouth match. I guess this would assume they had like a deluxe sports package or NBC Gold or something where they could watch all this stuff. Well, let's just say they did. Um, And I would say, you know, just go watch the Bournemouth match because I can guarantee goals, excitement, drama. And that isn't true anymore. And uh, I don't know if it's because David Brooks is such a... Such a wonderful player that they just can't function without him. Or was Ryan great. Fraser is done. You know he's he used to be <laughs> awesome, and now he's now he's done. He had like twenty assists last year, and he's got like a massive bald patch in his head. He's like he went from like twenty five to forty five like overnight. I don't know what happened to this dude. Okay, so we've uh, got Callum yeah. the Truth Wilson, and then we have Ryan Dunn Fraser. This is. We're amassing quite a series of nicknames on Bournemouth. Ryan the Old Fraser. Mm-hmm. 
it's it's just a, it's just a weird team. Uh, I, I, why can't they score anymore? I don't understand what happened. This team used to be the fun team. It's like yeah. it's like you used to be, it's like you used to be the fun guy, and now you're dad. And like that's what <laughs> that's what he is. He's Ryan the dad uh-huh, Fraser. Yeah. Uh, he's he used to be a fun guy, and now he's a dad, and now he's no fun. I don't know what's going on there. It's it's weird. Yeah, Eddie Howe, what are you doing? Yeah. So I guess the lesson is uh, you've got to move off of him at this point. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Move on. Okay. So uh, let's let's speaking of moving on, let's move on to Manchester United and Rashford and Martial. They put on a little bit of a clinic. They put on a clinic of having their penalties saved, but they also put on <laughs> somewhat of a passing and scoring clinic uh, against Norwich. Yeah. So FBL Luck wants to know, can we take United assets seriously? I don't think this really needs a lot of discussion because I think we'll agree here. Yeah, this is the United that we saw in game week one against Chelsea, and then they quickly faded, and then they come up against the very soft defensive Norwich, and here we are again. Uh, I would need to see more uh, from yeah. Martial and Rashford to have any interest here. I And I don't see this as an opportunity to jump on early and get some sort of differential return. Yep. Uh, yeah, I mean, until Paul Pogba stops walking around with a cane, uh, I feel like I'm, I'm just kind of keeping away from this whole Man United team. Marcus Rashford underrated fantasy asset this year. I think that's uh, that that is now clear. It's like a, it's like we don't want to believe it, but I mean, he's got five goals and three assists in the season. Um, you know, fifty six points. I mean, he's honestly he's been one of the top fantasy assets this year, and it just doesn't feel like that way because the team is has not been a ton of fun to watch. Um, so yeah, um, I, I agree with you though. I have nothing else to add. I'm, I'm staying away. I have no compulsion to add them. I don't, it, they're defenders. I mean, do you feel any differently about the defense? No, I, I, I don't. I mean, they, it's, it's like, it's there. It's not quite the level of Liverpool where you're just waiting for it to click, but I do think it's there with De Gea still healthy and McGuire and AWB, all these players that I have the utmost respect for. Yeah, but it's just something too rickety about United and yeah. the price that you, just in, in shrewd FPL sense, the the money that you have to pay to buy into that United defense, you're not going to get it back in FPL yeah. returns. So therefore, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, not a lot of attacking threat. Uh, that's kind of the Wambasaka problem, and we we knew that going into the season, and we're, we're we're seeing it, you know, still. And yeah, I mean, two clean sheets out of ten on the season, and those two clean sheets, interestingly enough, were um, at home to Chelsea and at home to Leicester, and those are both games where they could have conceded uh, pretty easily. So um, yeah, just a, a total stay away. I think that team right now. Uh, moving on to Bamiang, we did talk about him briefly earlier. Uh, Jesse Arnico says, uh, what to do with Aubameyang? Three, blam- three blanks in a row and a total lack of service from the horrible-looking Arsenal midfield. Savage. Yeah. So, I mean, you had to be thinking about Kane to Aubameyang. It feels very risky now, does it not? It does, yeah. And that was that was the long-term plan when I wildcarded way back when was, all right, Aguero looks decent for this run of fixtures that City has. And then, sure, yeah, like Aubameyang was in form then when I was wildcarding. And I was just going to wait until this great patch of fixtures for Arsenal. Little did I know that Arsenal were going to look like they were on the verge of imploding in ways in which you never thought possible for yeah. an Arsenal team. Like they've they've tried to implode in every conceivable way. And here we are. We're, we're 
uh, Emery just has a different plan for implosion, it seems. So, yeah, totally. I couldn't in good faith move from Aguero to Aubameyang, particularly because, like, we were, like, with the truth. Aubameyang was just, he was scoring FPL points every single game week. He's gone off the boil, and that is a huge worry for me. Now, I think the bigger question is, it's easy to say if you if you were looking to get Aubameyang in, caution, maybe don't get him in. The harder question to answer, I think, is if you have Aubameyang, do you jump ship on him right now just because of the poor yeah. team form? Even though if you look at uh, the fixtures coming up for Arsenal, home Wolves, uh, then it's Leicester away, not great. Then Southampton and Norwich in consecutive game weeks, 13 and 14. It's a decent fixture still to come. Yeah, and uh, and Wolves have kind of a center back crisis right now too. Um, with uh, yeah, Bali is out, right? Yeah, and I think he's out for a long time. Uh, and uh, Ryan Bennett, uh, I believe, is still out as well. I don't think he played yesterday. I think he's uh, or today, excuse me. Um, let me double check that. Uh, yeah, did not play today. Uh, came off injured in the in the Southampton match game week nine. Um, so they don't really have a, a ton of. I mean, I think Dendocker actually played out of position as a center back uh, today. So um, definitely a uh, an issue there. And so just knowing that, I think, uh, uh, knowing the way that uh, Obama can terrorize, you know, inexperienced center backs, I just think that you have yeah. to keep. Yeah, I think he's a definite keep, but um, yeah, I, I don't think he's a captain option, and um, and not a great transfer target either. What do you think about Lacazette as a as an alternative? Uh, option. I mean, he's kind of, uh, you know, he's much more affordable, uh, you know, almost 2 million cheaper, um, but maybe a little tricky, a little, no, little risky. Not, not, not for me. I think you need to go for the certainty. If you're going to, because Arsenal is kind of in a little bit of chaos here, I think if you're going to buy into Arsenal attack, you have to go with the certain option. And that would be Aubameyang, whether it's certain to start or whether it's certain to be involved in the goals. That's Aubameyang for me to to, just, yeah. to take half measures with Arsenal. And I would say that it's Lacazette feels a, like yeah. a half measure. Classic, well, classic fantasy trap move, right? Like yeah. I want in. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna. I'm not gonna take the player I don't really want. I'm just gonna take the kind of cheaper one. Uh, it does not usually work out um, to your benefit. Uh, all right, let's move on to. I've got two more players to talk about here. I guess I guess three total. Uh, Pookie and Cantwell. Uh, Sam Danby says, "Are we done with Norwich?" Uh, Shark FPL says, uh, "Pookie replacements under seven point five million." Uh, and JC says, "Who can replace Cantwell?" Um, so the Cantwell thing again. I'm going to take the second question first here, or the last question first. Uh, did he? Has anybody had a worse forty five minutes this season than Cantwell did? Uh, in the first 45 minutes of that Man United match, that was that was rough. Yeah, and he just ballooned that shot over the goal, yep. which was probably Norwich's best look the entire first too. half, and yep. then just taken off at halftime. Yeah, uh, and so it's yeah. I, I so now it's time. I'm reckoning with Cantwell in this way of. Cantwell was fun to own at 4.5 to 4.8 because you could actually play him and maybe he'd be involved in a goal or an assist, and that's fun. Now we're back down to earth where our fifth midfielder is somebody who just rides the bench from here to eternity. Right. So I think maybe Cantwell is just 
not going to get. So this week I actually benched McGinn in favor of playing Cantwell against United because McGinn's in, against City. But what happens? Yeah. McGinn puts a shot off the post in the dying yeah. minutes of that Man City Would have haunted you. And yeah. Cantwell does, yeah. That would have been miserable. So, you know, a good player is a good player is a good player. And McGinn is, you know, it, what we know from game week 10 is McGinn is just still streets above or beyond uh, Cantwell. So I would never choose to start McGinn, uh, start Cantwell over McGinn ever again. So does that mean I need to clear out Cantwell so I have another non-playing midfielder that's going to ride my bench? I think it's it's a low-level yeah. priority for me at the moment. I, I would elevate the priority level, Brandon, just slightly from from white mm-hmm. to light orange or something. Uh, and that's mm-hmm. because Onel Hernandez came on and looked super good. <laughs> yeah. And I don't think Cantwell starts anytime in the near future. I think that he is uh, – he's just – he's young, right? He's like he's like 20 years old, 21 years old. I'm sure he's just short on confidence. I mean we saw this with Man United last season too when they, when they dipped, you know, and all these kind of young players who are just – you know, they need, they need like the, they need confidence to, to play at their best. Um, you know, they're not, they're not veterans with long careers and histories of up and downs and things like that. And, you know, I just think for him, uh, I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not planning to drop him imminently either just cause I, um, I have other issues that I want to take care of first, but, um, yeah, I mean, he is, he's definitely done. That whole team is done. It's now looking pretty for them. I mean, the first half of that match was, I mean, yeah, Cantwell was bad, but that whole Norwich team was terrible. And I mean, they could barely get the, they were at, they were in a home match, the same place where they, you know, took Chelsea down to the wire, the same place they beat Man City a few weeks ago, and they could not get the ball into their own half for the first, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, effectively for the first half of the, the match. I mean, there's absolutely pinned down by Man United. Uh, who has a, you know, they have a pretty solid defense, but they're not incredible. And um, I just, remember, I watched that and I just thought, okay, this is it. I mean, I don't care what happens, uh, you know, injury wise. I have to, Pookie and Cantwell are not starting to my team anytime soon. Pookie hopefully will leave this week. That's the plan anyway. Um, Cause it just, you just don't want to be on this team right now. Um, it's, you know, it's not, their fixtures aren't even that bad, but I just think it's too, um, it's it's just it's time to get off it is time to get off so then pookie goes out and then you just have uh, a weird grab bag of strikers to choose from from ings to jimenez to to josh king who you already have and uh alair the guy who actually really jumped out at me this weekend and you know i'm not the first to bring him up people have had their eye on him all all season is neil malpai and mm-hmm. uh, actually, one of our producers, um, Jeff Husby, was asking me about Malpai earlier in the season. I was like, you know what? I just haven't seen enough Brighton to make a real, a real confident call on any of their newish players. And I feel mm-hmm. like I've now watched enough Brighton to where I do feel like they are creating enough. And uh, I like Malpai at six, six million. And I think if you're looking to find a little cash and get rid of Pookie, he would be a great option. Yeah, um, I I like him too. I mean, I think uh, yeah, he got he got super lucky. I mean, I, I I was shocked that they called that a penalty given given the incredibly high bar for penalties called this year. Uh, for that to be the one that gets a return, I thought was was very surprising. Um, actually, it's funny because it happened twice that day because I had the had the reverse uh, with um, Hudson Adoy uh, later on in that match, but. 
uh, or I mean, later on in the day. But um, yeah, I, th- I think he looks good. I mean, I, honestly, I think that Connolly looked pretty good too at four point six mm-hmm. million. Yeah. Um, you know, in hindsight, I really regret going King instead of just straight up moving moving over to Connolly. Um, you know, who now plays Norwich at home in game week eleven. Isn't, I mean, isn't that a trap yeah. that we talk about all the time? Though, is the four point five forward that you fit into your squad and then you end up building around this uh, yeah. price point up top that has no like for like. So the problem with 4.5 is if Connolly becomes an issue, there is no like for like, and that's two moves that you have to make to get rid of him. And this is what yeah. is, I'm not, there's no guarantee. No, right. I mean, Con- yeah. Connolly yeah. could be locked into that lineup and he could yeah. just be the next Harry Kane or whatever. But Isaac's success is on all that before yeah. we've seen it. It's a good point. It's it's a it's a little bit of a hindsight is twenty twenty kind of thing, you know. So yeah, I uh, I, th- I think that's a fair point. Um, I basically I wish I would have gone with like basically anybody but Josh King. <laughs> right. uh, although we really should have had an assist. Uh, in uh, uh, Ben Ben Foster had a great game uh, yesterday, and I think uh, King had an almost near near certain assist in that match. Um, all right, so yeah, then you, we mentioned him already, but John McGinn um, is McGinn McGon. Uh, Milan <laughs> Dobrich says. Uh, what do you think about, uh, are you, you're planning to hold McGinn indefinitely? Um, what's your, what's, what are you thinking? McGinn will be turned into someone at some point. And it's not like mm-hmm. I, we talk, McGinn is that level of midfielder, whether he, I, if he's your third midfield choice, then you have a problem. He's probably your fourth midfielder. And I think he's still returning and he's still talking about the eye test and the ear test. He he was he was there to score and he had um he was involved against Manchester City away from home. He's still showing all the signs of life that I want from him, just not getting a lot of FPL returns. Uh, the problem the problem is he's competing right now with Mason Mount and Mason Mount is not moving for my team at all. So yeah. to make room for a Liverpool attacker, McGinn will be McGon. And that's really not not that I have a huge problem with McGinn, but he is. I think if anything else, he's expendable. He's great, but right. he, he's expendable. Right. It's fun to say McGon too, for sure. So, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Uh, all right. Let's take a quick break, and uh, we'll be back with our lightning round and a brief look at game week eleven. Brandon, even though you and I both have uh, beards of diff- different length, you have got more of a Civil War general beard. I've got a, mm-hmm. I've got a slightly more modern beard, a beard that allows me to move in different circles. Uh, Your sort of locks <laughs> you into a, a chameleon beard. place. Yeah, uh, we still, uh, you know, we still obviously need uh, razors. You need ra- like there are a lot of things that a razor is very useful for, even when you have a beard. I mean, obviously you have the the hair above the beard and below the beard, but even I like to use a razor just to give a little side trims and things like that. You know, get the sure. uh, uh, get the get those little sideburns all all cleaned up. Uh, and Brandon, we love Harry's razors for that. Uh, Harry's razors offers a durable, quality blade at a fair price. Uh, you can join the ten million people. You, the listener, can join the ten million people who have tried Harry's and claim your special offer at harrys.com slash blue wire why try harry's brandon harry's founders were two regular guys just like me and you tired of getting ripped off and paying for overpriced razors harry's razors are available at just two dollars per blade 
very cheap. Uh, this fall, refresh your wallet and your face with a Harry's trial set. It comes with a weighted ergonomic handle for an easy grip, a five-blade razor with a lubricating strip, and a trimmer blade for a close shave, a rich, lathering shave gel that will leave you smelling mm. great. I know. I, for, for a long time, made the mistake of not using any shave gel, and I feel like as I get older, my <laughs> That's skin such a man needs... move. I know, I know. As I get older, I really need I need more of that kind of stuff. Uh, and you also get a travel blade cover to keep your razor dry and easy on the go. Listeners of the Always Dream podcast can redeem a free trial set. That's right, a free trial set at harrys.com slash bluewire. All right, Josh. As you know, the holiday rush is coming. And if you sell stuff online, which Always Cheating does, check out our shop at alwayscheating.com. You better get ready with ShipStation. With more people buying online than ever before, you have to be able to ship orders out quickly, efficiently, and affordably. But how do you keep track of all those orders or decide which shipping carrier to use or if you're getting the best rates? Luckily, ShipStation can help. Just a few clicks, you'll be managing orders, printing labels, and getting those products out the door just in time for those holiday gift-giving parties. You do like a, like a gift exchange at work, Josh? I don't participate, but it does take place. <laughs> okay, you're a bit of a great <laughs> I don't do. like Secret Santas. <laughs> I don't like oh, the white elephant things or whatever those are. Like, oh, just all yeah. of the, the, I don't want to buy right. I know you. a I know guys $10 like you. present. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Sure, yeah. Well, these presents still need to be shipped, okay? And you can use ShipStation. They are delivered just in time, no matter where you are selling, whether you're selling wares on Amazon, Etsy, or your own website. ShipStation brings all your orders into one simple interface, making them easy to manage from any device, even your cell phone. ShipStation works with all major carriers like USPS, FedEx, and UPS, so you can compare and choose the best shipping solution for your customer. Take the hassle out of holiday shipping this year. Let ShipStation help you handle this with ease just use the offer code blue to get a 60-day free trial that's two months free of no hassle stress-free holiday shipping visit shipstation.com click the microphone at the top of the page and then type in blue All right, Brennan, short lightning round this week. Of course, our answers are always short, 30 seconds or less. Jeff Watt of Schma says, smugness has an awfully short shelf life this season. I would say that smugness has a short shelf life at all times. And mm-hmm. if I ever tweet anything out that's smug, which I try not to do, uh, I will often go back and delete it later because I don't like the way it looks. It just sits there like a wet noodle. Once once, once the smugness has been expressed, you know, mm-hmm. it's... Uh, it feels kind of gross. Yeah. Uh, since last week, every every woman and his dog with uh, Kellen Hudson or Joy or Jimenez was a genius. This week, everyone with Vardy is a mastermind. Uh, I don't think there's not even a question there, is it? It's just uh, <laughs> it's a, it's a statement of purpose, and I think that that mm-hmm. it, it kind of plays into the next question in the lightning round here from FPL Governor, who says, "Funny thing, I cracked open a fortune cookie, and it read, if you have lost your FPL mojo, get back to playing for fun.'" Ignore your overall rank and embrace the joy of taking hits for players you love. We are most in control when we accept, when we accept that we have no control. So I, above anyone else, love the idea of having fun. We've said it before, Josh. What's really fun mm-hmm. is scoring a lot of points and, and having a great game <laughs> week. So mm-hmm. it, uh, um, we talked about this a little bit on the Patreon podcast of – is FPL changing the narrative or are FPL managers having a rough season? And then because they're 
scrambling, changing the narrative themselves. You're like changing the hypothesis mid experiment. And Mm -hmm. I do worry that, um, managers are, they stopped having fun and they're losing a little a little bit of patience. And then they see the casual playing and having fun. And they're like, well, you know what, if it's working for them, I'm just going to play like them. And that's great. And I don't want to tell anyone how to play FPL, but don't expect to win. And don't expect to, you better be ready to have fun just by making crazy transfers because you probably won't be having fun scoring a lot of points. It's a high risk strategy. Uh, Sometimes it can pay off. It almost never does. However, it's it's a it's a tough spot because um, you know the answer for what what I think is probably the right answer uh, is to not panic. Uh, I mean, we talked about this earlier, right? Three points right now is is a hundred thousand spots or eighty thousand spots. Uh, you know, I mean, do you know how easy it is to to outscore the first place person in your league by fourteen points? You know, I mean, it's it happens all the time. Just you know, hit I mean, the it happens constantly. <laughs> just get the ha- exactly just hit the captaincy um or you know get a couple of clean sheets and get matches where they get blanks or whatever. i mean like it's just you know it's very easy to make up even 40 50 60 points this early in the season um we mentioned it before yeah. i mean it feels like we've been playing this this season forever and you know started in august but i mean you know we're barely a quarter of the way through you know i mean we just cracked yeah. the 25 percent mark this weekend you know midway through the match or midway through the yeah, the, 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 I don't know, the three PMs or whatever, uh, you know, so there's still so much, uh, so much time left this year. I mean, three quarters of the season still has to get played. Um, it's just not a time to be like, yeah, I'm giving up and I'm done. And I mean, I, this is advice that I should be taking myself more honestly. Um, but I, I do think that, I mean, I, I I think that's part of the frustration actually probably that a lot of people know this, you know, they know that this is the right way to do it. And to think, oh, God, I mean, it's going to take me four weeks to, to get where I want to be. It's going to take me six weeks. It might take me through the festive fixtures. It, it makes it feel like a real grind, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that might be um, what people are feeling a little bit too, you know? Yeah. It's like, and then, and then you're just like the person at the casino who's lost, you know, 200 bucks, you know, in the first hour. And they're like, well, I'm going to go get $200 cash out of the ATM. I'm going to go put it on black. And if, you know, and if it works out, <laughs> awesome. And if not, yeah. then fair enough, you know, and then it doesn't work out and they're like, oh my God, I just lost $400. Uh, you know, like how did that happen so fast? Uh, you know, and then you're just really kind of swimming. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, it's like really boring to, 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 to give the kind of conservative answer here, but, um, I do think it's worth keeping in mind, even if like the strategy isn't something that you want to, that you agree with us on uh, to at least keep in mind how close most of these points are still and how, how few points separate most people, you know, I mean, you, your season may not be going the way you planned, but it's actually very easy for you to jump over the people you're trying to jump over. Yeah. And at this point, I think a lot of people, at, and we can talk about this too on the podcast is, well, this transfer didn't work or that player isn't in form, but really if, what has happened consistently every single week for me is I have missed my captain. If I hit my captain 50% of the time, which I haven't, I'm having a completely different season. And yeah, there is that 25, 35 point swing from where I am now. And I'm probably right around the top 100 K and in striking distance of, of some type of target that I have. So maybe it's less like, you can't get your transfers right and you can't you've, you're feeling less confident in your reading of FPL assets. Maybe it's just that 
you're missing the captaincy one too many times, which is totally not the fault of your strategy. It's just kind of yeah. dumb luck sometimes. Yeah. I mean, how many times has Sterling had a big match this year where he just didn't get anything out of it really, you know, um, just as one, one example. So yeah, I think there's been um, a little bit of maybe, uh, I think, you know, I don't know. I mean, I don't know, a little bit of bad luck, I guess it feels lame to say that, you know, of course it's always luck, you know, you're not, you're not out there playing, you know, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think maybe a little, a little, maybe, maybe a little more bad luck and, and, uh, for the managers who play a slightly more conventional style. Uh, I'm not saying it's a better style. I, I don't want to like put a value on it, uh, but certainly a more conventional style has not really been rewarded this season. Yeah. Please play the game, how you want to play and how you have fun. That is obviously yeah. the ultimate goal. I don't want this podcast to ever be about us telling people like the proper strategy. <laughs> you know, I, 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 like I, to me, like this podcast is best when, yeah, honestly, I wish we had talked about this at the very start of the podcast. I feel like it's on people's mind right now. But like, I mean, like the how to play and what the best approach is. But like, to me, the podcast is best when it's just you and I talking about what it's like to be a fantasy manager. Like, you know, like the the fun of it, the ups and downs of it, the experience of it. Um, and I, I never wanted to be you and I just sitting here like pounding the table, telling people what transfers to make. Because that, yeah. uh, I feel like other people do that. You know, I don't know. Other people do that. And I don't yeah. want to do that. However, let's move on to the next question of the lightning round, in which we have an opportunity to, to tell someone what to do. All right. Uh, Shiva FPL, who actually sent us a great email. So thank you for that, Shiva. Appreciate you listening to the pod. Wants to know, if I can do Zinchenko to Chilwell for free, should I go for it? Chilwell's next two, not the best, but it's great after that. Um, also, uh, the price rises are about to go into effect. So you have put- happened. You put Soyuncu on the bench this week against Southampton. So I'm wondering how you're feeling about the Leicester City defense right now and for somebody like Chilwell. Well, I mean, I, I was going back and forth between, between uh, Lundstrom and and Soyuncu. I, I mean, I don't think Southampton had been held scoreless all season. Um, and uh, Lundstrom is kind of a multifaceted player right he's sort of a yeah. he's classified as a defender but he also is playing as a midfielder pretty advanced midfielder uh and so there's sort of two ways you can get points from him whereas uh Sinecho is is not even like a he's not a particular you know i guess he's on corner kicks but that's that's really it you know he's not a he's not a player who's going to generate a lot of attacking returns you know he's kind of like uh even even johnny um uh what's his johnny name evans. his other center back even Evans has a little more flair, I feel like, in his game. Um, so, yeah, I mean, so that was, I mean, I feel like perfectly fine with that defense. It was just that. Yeah. So, I mean, in my case, that was the decision I made. But um, I think their defense is pretty solid, actually. I mean, it's, yeah. uh, it's got a lot of, uh, I feel like it's got a lot of veteran. It's got some classy fullbacks and some solid center backs and um, you know, defensive midfield is reasonable. And so, and the yeah. midfield itself is pretty, pretty strong. So um, yeah, I, I like their defense. And I think Chilwell is great. I think FPL did him dirty by uh, pricing Pereira so high, like the respect yeah. that FPL gave Pereira and not Chilwell is, I am offended on Chilwell's behalf, to be honest. It's outrageous. With I, I think, <laughs> I think he's great. I think everyone should buy Chilwell. Let's do it. Zinchenko to anybody. Uh, I would recommend. <laughs> yeah, well, the the um, the photo of Zinchenko in the hospital bed making the rounds before the game week deadline was amazing because Bro. everyone's like, "This is the only way in which you can confidently ascertain 
what Pep's lineup is going to look like. If you just start circulating pictures of his players in hospital beds, you're like, ah, I have identified one player who will not be in the 18. <laughs> I know. Uh, yeah, that was, uh, yeah, yeah. That was, I, I mean, it's just crazy that it didn't come out until after he had surgery. Like there's, mm-hmm. I guess, the, I guess no journalists are plugged into any of these clubs. Like, I guess that's like the answer, right? Like how does this stuff never break? It's, it's, it's extraordinary. If this is American sports, you know about, you just, I don't know. I'm not, I don't, I'm not, I guess I am complaining about it. It's just annoying. Like I was trying to think about how much more I would enjoy fantasy if, like Premier League fantasy, if it was like NFL fantasy where there were injury reports and injured lists and they were mm-hmm. updated every couple of days and like just how much more I would enjoy it if I had any read on how healthy these players were, uh, you know, something. But is, it the, is that not a fun element of game of the game, the mystery? No, no. Yeah. Uh, that's not fun. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I think about being on a wild card uh, before game week three and it not coming out until after the game week started that Gabriel Jesus was out for a few weeks. Um, you know, that would have made Aguero, you know, an absolute top transfer target. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just, that's just a secret thing that doesn't get released. You know, most mm-hmm. Salah not playing last weekend was incredibly frustrating. You know, um, you know, I just said, I mean, okay. In that, in that case, it was kind of marked a little bit, but afterwards Klopp comes out and he's like, you know, Salah was never going to play. I don't know where anybody got that idea from. And I was like, well, from your words and, you know, the things that you had said. <laughs> you lie. It seemed like he might play. All right. Anyway, let's move on. I've got two more questions here. Uh, FPL Wahoo says, um, sub 9 million strikers, Abraham Wilson and question mark, question mark, question mark. Uh, is a 3-4-3 viable without a striker about 9 million? Um, is it better to move Pookie to a sub 6 million option like Ayu or Mape and invest elsewhere? Um, well, I'm, I think I'm really high on Jimenez right now. Yeah. Uh, I just think he's, uh, back in form. He's, uh, uh, you know, I don't know. Like, I mean, this, they're, they're, you know, they're going to be done with this, this champions league. I mean, I'm in the Europa league, um, in a couple of weeks and they'll have like three months off from that. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I feel like, I mean, I guess it's not a couple weeks, like eight weeks or something, but like, um, I don't know. I, I feel, I feel pretty good about that, that team and what, and the sort of the form they've rounded into, uh, and he's kind of my, my – if I don't bring in Jamie Vardy, then uh, Pookie to Jimenez is the move that I'm, I'm very strongly considering. They're away to Arsenal game week 11, but, I mean, that's almost a good thing yeah. at this point, right? Like you yeah. almost consider that a plum fixture. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. And a 3-4-3 seems to – I think that's the formation I want to be playing, at least in the short term. Yeah. And I yeah. think we now have a read on enough strikers and a lot of strikers that we've mentioned throughout this pod that are below 9 million that are really viable. But yeah, if you have Abraham and Callum Wilson and then blank, I mean, even at this point, maybe Callum Wilson being moved to Jamie Vardy and then figuring out what that third spot is going to look like. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, maybe you can even afford somebody like Marcus Rashford in that spot. Uh, I don't know. You yeah. basically not not that you want Rashford because I guess, I think we are staying away from United assets, but you have a little more flexibility with the price. Maybe if you turn Callum Wilson into Vardy. Yeah, yeah. I think um, uh, I mean Wilson to Vardy would be a great. If you have the money to do that, that's just like a, that's such an easy move to make. If I brought in Vardy this week, I would have to burn four, and I don't know. Like I kind of mess up my structure a little bit there too. So I'm not, I'm not sure I'm going to do that. All right. The final question in our lightning round here is from FPL tractor. He wants to know, is the quote, use your wild card in the international break to catch the double price rises thing, a myth. 
So I assume Tractor is bringing this up because we have an international break after game week 12. If you still happen to have your wild card, you are incredibly disciplined. Well played. Um, (laughs) The question is probably, is it worth waiting until after game week 12 to trigger this wild card? If you have like upwards of three or four, maybe a a few more moves that you want to make now, just play your wild card right now. Yeah, uh, I think so too. And uh, yeah, the double price rise. I don't know. You're you're better at doing the money game than I am. Yeah, right? and I, I I think that we the last international break where um, did I play my wild card over an international break? I can't quite remember. Price rises have been a little weird this season, and I don't think they've been crazy. And things are settling a little bit right now, and I think we're only seeing big a big series of price rises on huge bandwagons like we saw with Leicester City assets this weekend so I think we're at that point in the season where you're probably not going to catch a double price rise to make yeah make money and then sell a player on your wild card so I wouldn't worry about that yeah and you know the the thing about price rises is you know unless you like keep flipping those players again and again and again they're they're often going to come back anyway you know something like Timo Puki was at 6.5 went up to 7.2 now he's back to 6.9 uh so you know you're not you know, it's hard to really bank a ton of value because um, often you have other problems in your team that you have to fix and so um you know you end up having to hold on and you can't just keep flipping again and again and again right right all right, should we talk about Game Week 11? Do a little preview? Sure. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Uh, fixtures for Game Week 11. Um, Saturday, we start with the early kickoff Bournemouth v. Manchester United. Arsenal hosting Wolves. Liverpool, interesting fixture away to Aston Villa. Captainable mm-hmm. fixture, uh, definitely, if you're a Mane or a Salah owner. Uh, Brighton hosting Norwich, uh, another capital fixture here with Manchester City, home again, hosting Southampton. Again, we mentioned we'll learn a little bit about how City size up against Southampton because they play in the EFL Cup in midweek. Sheffield United, Burnley, a, a battle of um, just a battle of British people, I think. Um <laughs> West Ham hosts uh, Newcastle and then Chelsea. Oh, another capital fixture. Chelsea away uh, to Watford. So you have to choose, Josh. Are you going to captain Liverpool away Villa, City home Southampton, or Chelsea away Watford? I mean, for me, there's no um, debate. Um, I mean, I, I'll, I'll get a captain one of De Bruyne or Raheem Sterling um, in that match. And I guess uh, the only thing that would give me pause is that if you know both of them played started and played 90 minutes in midweek um in the league cup which i just can't see happening no. uh if they did then yeah i guess maybe i might consider someone like sala way to or maybe maybe tammy uh, watford's defense is obviously like better though so yeah. I, I don't know um you know it's kind of a kind of a tricky one uh i i think i'll just keep it straightforward though and, and just keep, i'll just keep captain the man city players until they um you know, in, in, until they have a, I mean, maybe game week 12, I won't do it, but in general, I'm pretty, I'm pretty pro just sticking it on one of the Man City players each week. I'm looking at my bus team right now and I'm sick. I'm just absolutely sick. Um, cause my armband is on Sergio Aguero, which would mm-hmm. be three weeks in a row coming off of a zero point return and then a one point return 
what will he get uh, against Southampton? Anywhere between zero and 20 is the thing. <laughs> yeah, that's that seems like the right zero to twenty five. I yeah. say we will include I'm the just, high ends. I'm there. just hanging on to it because Aguero is just this this choice little differential for me. Um, is twenty six point nine percent ownership is you know it's not nothing, but um, mm-hmm. I think it's a wide variety of managers that are into that twenty six point odd percent. And if you land the captaincy on him, I think it'll be a great leg up on a lot of top 100K managers. Huge risk for me involved there. So I like it on him for my bus team until we uh, see more of the situation of these midweek cup matches. Yeah, um, fair enough. Uh, it feels it feels a little risky to me, to be honest, but uh, um, I guess just because, I don't know. I mean, that was like, I guess why I didn't Captain Sterling over, uh, over uh, KDB this week too is, um, I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm overrating that starting risk too much. Um, what you know, what actually happened in this match? It doesn't happen that often, you know. Um, where you, with the you captain the player for Man City, they come on super late and never even have a chance. Yeah, yeah. Uh, usually I feel like you do get like at least yeah. twenty five minutes to make your mark as a sub with the city yeah. commander. Or they don't come out at all, and then yep. and then it's kind of fine too because your other player, you know, just becomes. That's what happened with uh, with Sterling, you know, a few weeks ago in that Watford match. You know, it's like it was it was annoying that he didn't come on, but then a lot of other people had just a, their vice captain on another city player, and so it sort of worked out, you know, okay in that case. Yeah. Uh, so your uh, transfer targets, we both have two free transfers. I yeah. honestly have no earthly idea what i'm going to do it could be it could be van dyke to trent um Mm -hmm. but then i deplete all of i have 0.7 in the bank then all that money is gone because right now the double move that i'm aiming to do shortly is aguero downgraded to a six to seven million striker and then mane in for john mcginn so, um, I don't know. I kind of just want to roll again, but I can't. Uh, yeah. So a, it could be a free hit for me on John McGinn, who is home Liverpool. And if I had a sense that Callum Hudson-Odoi was definitely going to start in that Watford match, I could see myself turning McGinn on a free hit into Callum Hudson-Odoi and then with my two free transfers the following week, um, figure out mm. the, the Mane Sala situation. Actually it would be the following, following week, but basically just roll my yeah. two free transfers until we get to game week 13. Yeah. I don't know. Just like with the triple up there with Chelsea, I feel like then you've got, they, they, play, they play Man City in game week 13, you know, and so like a way to Man City. So like, are you going to play all three of them then? Or do you bench? One? I don't know. It just feels like, just feels like a lot. Well, yeah, you know, that's, it feels that's, like, like that's. Yeah. I, I agree, yeah. and that's the free hit nature of it. Is I would be making this. I mean, this has like bad move written all over it. I understand, but that spot, that John McGinn spot, is going to be moving to a Liverpool midfielder by game week thirteen, no matter what. Right. So, can I just kind of yeah. have fun with it in the meantime? Like, does that ever work? No, though? it doesn't like, ever work. Yeah. Something always happens. Someone gets injured. I, yeah. I'm I so know. resistant to this dropping Aguero idea, but I feel like it is probably the smart move yeah. for me to make is just to drop Aguero to somebody. 
Yeah. Okay. Well, that's a, that's a, like a just. I know this podcast is like super long already, but if I were okay, so if you were in a free hit mode where you were just going to drop them again for somebody, who else would stand out? I'm just looking down the list. You probably can't afford David David Silva. No, um, that's not a straight swap. Um, yeah, you don't want. To, wow, maybe Telemans. Can you afford him? That, that I guess that that could be one. Yep. Um, yeah. So maybe that. I could do Telemans. Funky. Yeah. There's. Or weird. or the other very yeah. workmanlike transfer is to admit that this Issa Diop transfer is one of the worst of all time. And <laughs> dump him for for somebody like a Leicester defender. Uh, it, that yeah. just kind of feels quite sideways to me. And yeah, I have I play Newcastle at home. Game I know it's it's fine. Eleven. So this yeah. West Ham yeah. defense is just absolute garbage recently. I know uh, it looked really good for a while there, didn't it? And uh, <laughs> it was yeah. a trick. At least we they're cheap. Known At least you're not. Yeah. yeah, we should have known better. That's that's a good point. Uh, all right, so uh, that's that's the pot. Uh, we have a couple of Sunday matches. They're they're kind of not hugely. I guess I guess the, there is the Leicester match, but uh, and then it's Everton Spurs and um, not. You often that would be a big fantasy match, but I feel like that won't be um, very much of one. We haven't talked about Everton at all this game week. Um, so let's just, let's just sign off. Let's just, let's just move on. Yeah, uh, we talked about Lester plenty already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so if you'd like to support the podcast, uh, once again, you can go to patreon.com slash always cheating to do so. We have a ton of producers to thank these people help us every week to, uh, to create the podcast and, and I guess sort of feel motivated to create the podcast too. So, yeah. uh, thank you so much to all the producers. Yeah. Big thanks to Peter Bodectel. Barry McGuire, Paul Herzig, Victor Forberg-Skogang, Alan Creasy, Blair Jacobson, Nick Wright, Stian Nihas, Kaya Christine Lelang, Brian Chin, Travis West, Frederick Kean Gransky, Dave Wagner Lodal, Brian Jacobson, Andy Penn, Jazz Binning, Chris Carter, Bobas Kuhn, James Holland, Ben Grant, Jeff Husby, Trevor Ingerson, Brian T, Jim Payne, Adam Benjamin, Martin Savage, Chris Howell, Stephen Toomey, and Mike DiPietro. If you'd like yep. to rate the podcast, we really appreciate it. Five-star reviews uh, on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Acast, wherever you get the podcast. Also, sub- subscribe. You'll never miss a moment. Wouldn't you hate it, Josh, if you realized you missed <laughs> Always Cheating because you weren't subscribed? That's- that would be tough. Yep. Yeah. So uh, you can follow us on Twitter. We're at Hail Cheaters. Uh, Instagram is at Hail Cheaters. Facebook.com slash always cheating. Email us, hailcheaters at gmail.com. And visit the website, alwayscheating.com, to find all of this information and a lot more. And you can also find, uh, I think you can email us directly from that site there, too. So lots of ways to get in touch. And uh, we hope you do. All right. Good luck in Game Week 11. And uh, Poku, we love you uh, forever and always. Hail Poku. Yeah. Pokey, not so much. Sorry, Pokey. (laughs) Pokey party's over. Very sad. All right, Brandon. Talk to you next week. We're bigger than Denmark.